Good morning, everybody. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Angela. Angela. Good to have you on the show again this morning. How are you this morning? I am excellent. It was a little bit difficult to get out of bed this morning, I'm not going to lie, but... I was actually really enjoying the moon. There you go. See, this is one of the benefits of breakfast radio. You get to enjoy the moon in the morning as well as the evening. Yeah, and it was smiling at me this morning, to be honest. If you notice, it was a little tiny sliver and it's smiling. There you go. A very happy moon we had this morning. What are you thankful for this morning? Apart from the moon. Oh, you just stole my thunder. Oh, okay. Okay, well, then then the We can have the moon. We can have the moon. Okay, well, it definitely would be the moon. All right. And being able to see the moon early in the morning. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just so peaceful and so serene. I was just very thankful to be alive. You know what I'm thankful for this morning? No, what? I am thankful that we did not have a frost. Oh. Because it was cold out west. <laughs> it, was, it was icy cold. And I woke up and my nose was cold. And I'm like, we're going to have a frost. And my windscreen is going to be frozen over. And this is going to be a pain in the neck. And it's going to make me late. And I ended up being late anyway, but it wasn't because of the frost. I don't know why I was late. Well, I'd like to have sympathy towards you. I really would. But I'm from Michigan where we have a foot of snow sometimes on my car (laughs) windshield when I wake up in the morning. And I have to use my hand to wipe it off and scratch the ice for a good, you know, five minutes sometimes before I can get going in the morning. You know, I've always wanted to get one of those ice scrapers that you have in America and and, and bring it back to Australia so I can scrape the uh, the frost off. Because we only have to scrape frost off. We don't have to scrape ice off. You know, we have to have one of those uh, devices that you chip away at the thick layer of ice with, particularly when you get freezing rain and it just builds up and builds up on your windscreen. Anyway, we're going to move on. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Positively different news. What have we got? Oh, I have some exciting things. Uh, the first one I want to share is actually from Texas. I went to school in Texas, so I thought this story was pretty awesome. Um, basically, there was a peaceful protest on the weekend of um, June 5 through 7, but then the police got reports um, via social media. You know, we have to be careful what we put on social media. People are watching, and the police saw that there could be possible um, looters in the local mall in Colleen, Texas. So the peaceful protest, the two leaders who started the peaceful protest decided that they were going to do something about it. And they got a group of 75 people and they stood in front of each entrances of the mall to protect it from looters. And they said, we're just here to show people that we could do things differently. We'll give you a hug. We'll talk about it. And they had no looters and they've had none. And the Colleen, Texas town has been peaceful. That's amazing. That's awesome? awesome. That's how protests should be done. That's the kind of protest that is actually going to make change yeah because rioting just creates hatred makes no change at all in fact rioting stops change and reverses change and creates more racism and more hatred just super super impressed with what these guys are doing yeah that's, and that's, i think um, it's really impressive too that they stopped the looting because i yeah. think that's been a really hard um issue to handle and the fact that people want to speak up and then you have these other people who are doing the exact opposite of what they're trying to stand for and so i think it's incredible that they brought the two worlds together that they stopped the looting and did a peaceful protest at the same time absolutely and you've got the uh, the whole movement uh for change in america really has been hijacked by lo- looters unfortunately 
and uh, that's that's just a tragedy of what has taken place and probably one of the reasons why no change will happen is because of looting yes unfortunately um, all right we need to see we need to see more of this kind of uh, peaceful protest happening because peace, peaceful protest will bring about positive change what else is happening oh well this one's a local story so yesterday there was a car that wouldn't start in the middle of a road Yes, that might have been my car. When I left <laughs> no. the radio station and I drove over to New Start Juice to volunteer over there, in the middle of the road, right in downtown Raymond Terrace, my car would not start back up. The, the massive was, metropolis of Raymond Terrace. You know, and I started a traffic jam. There was a giant bus behind me and they just sat there. I don't know why they didn't go around me, but they didn't. And there was an oncoming truck that like the driver looked at me and kind of waved like, you know, what are you doing? And I was trying to motion, I can't move. And I was thinking, what do I do? Do I get the car and push it myself because it won't start and oh I had stalled I drive a manual and yes so I was sitting there a couple minutes kept passing and I was like what am I going to do and then the two men parked had parked their van they were electricians they parked it they came running down the road and they kindly not just pushed me to the parking spot did it very fancy where they pushed me forward and pushed me backwards so I could be parked properly then they said, oh, let's try to charge your battery because I, I thought that's what had happened, that my battery was going bad in my car. So they run to their car um, and come back and try to charge my battery. It does nothing. And so they say, I'm sorry, we can't help. It looks like it's more than just um, a battery issue. And I ended up calling um, a bunch of mechanics, got one that came out. And it wasn't really a good place for him to be working on my car right in downtown Raymond Terrace. But he went the extra mile where he parked his van at an angle so he could work on my car. And even though he could have made me pay to tow it away, he was willing to work right there. So I feel like there were three angels um, for me in Raymond Terrace. And there are still good people who are selfless um, in this world. Okay, so if you're one of those uh, Sparkies who helped uh, Angela out yesterday, big shout-out to you guys, and, of course, a big shout-out to anybody who stops and helps somebody who is broken down on the side of the road, or in the middle of the road in this case. Uh, was the t- was the? I have to ask, because I'm a bit of a petrol head. Was the car cranking over, like, troll, roll, roll, roll? Or was no, it, not, it was just, just dead, dead. Completely dead. dead. As a, you know, okay. So what do you think it is? Let's do this game. Ooh, let's do this game. Okay, because so you already I, know what I it is. I had this gut response. I was like, I think I know what it is, but I didn't really know. So I called my father, and I don't think I described it properly because he diagnosed it differently. Okay, so if it was not cranking at all and it had been running... And it stalled. Well, that stall was probably me. That was that was probably <laughs> you. Okay, so I would start by checking the the first thing I would look at would be the battery terminals. So I would um, take them off, clean them, tighten them, uh, put them back on, and tighten them. That's where I would start. Uh, then, if there was still no cranking over from the battery, hmm, you could it would be a. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm puzzled on this one at the moment. I mean, obviously, oh. a flat battery, and apparently, it wasn't a flat battery. No, nope. um, a charge to the battery. You're so, totally wrong. It was nothing to do with the battery. Just think, like you turn the key, and it just nothing. And it's a manual, so it's not going to have a uh, an automatic safety switch. So it's not going to be that switch. It's not one of these fancy new cars where you got to put your foot on the clutch or something silly for the battery for the engine to crank over. I mean, or put your foot on the f- I put brake. my foot on the clutch to start the car, of course. Hmm, okay, what was the problem? Tell me what was the problem. I'm fascinated. <laughs> it was the starter. 
<laughs> okay, so the starter, the starter motor just died. You know, starter usually starter motors. Now, so this is this is the reason why I didn't go there, was because typically starter motors give you a fair chunk of warning before they just fry. Mm-hmm. And yours just went with no. I've never had a starter motor go with no warning. Yeah, I mean, we had some difficulties starting. We thought the battery was going out. Eventually, ah, we we're just gonna okay. have a bad battery. Yeah. But I guess it was maybe the starter. We the only starter. had okay, one. Okay, so time. it was giving you a warning. Yeah. So I just have to say in closing that I think it's incredible that just a few can change a lot. Um, it just is like a waterfall effect. They were kind to me, so I was extra kind that day. And so I just want to encourage people out there, be kind to others um, because it just takes a few to make a big difference in the world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joining us on the phone right now is Rebecca Orient from Adra, Victoria. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Lyle. Great to be here. Okay, just to introduce us to ADRA, we have spoken to people from ADRA uh, a number of times before, but for our listeners who may not have been listening to the other interviews that we've done in the past, tell us a little bit about ADRA. Okay, so ADRA stands for the Adventist Development Relief Agency, um, and we're the humanitarian agency of the Seventh-day Adventist Church um, that support people in need in over 120 countries. So... um, yeah, and I'm the other director for Victoria, Tasmania. Okay. Oh, Tasmania as well. Nice. That's the promised land down there. That's where I come from. Very good. Uh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about, you know, we live in the lucky country here in Australia. Do we, do we need something like ADRA in, you know, states like Victoria or Tasmania? Uh, I mean, we're incredibly wealthy countries. Do we, do we need a, uh, a disaster and relief agency? Uh, we definitely do, uh, Lyle. Um, yeah, defining lucky is, is very hard for people who are, you know, um, living on the edge at times, um, to a refugee and, and newly arrived migrants, to um, those that have been through our latest bushfire disaster, um, through the COVID response, those who are socially isolated, those with mental health issues. We may not have the issues as a um, developing country um, because we do have access to a safety net, but there are many other issues, you know, when we uh, consumerism is high and people get into debt um, and many people fall through the cracks, um, especially with unemployment. So um, there is definitely a need. And we find, like, just last night, I was at one of our newest food relief uh, places in Dandenong, uh, in Dandenong, and we had 50 people there. Um, and many of the people I spoke to were just really, really just wanting a, um, a friend, um, and they felt socially isolated through COVID and through many areas of their lives. So there is definitely a need uh, for ADRA. Yeah, fantastic. Really good answer. Appreciate what you just said there uh, because there is massive needs here in Australia. And it seems like... And I guess you would have seen this, you know, firsthand in the last, what, six, eight months. We've gone from one crisis to another. We've gone from, you know, from from drought to bushfires to flood to COVID. Um, Thankfully, we have escaped riots. But it it seems like our world is just uh, in turmoil at the moment and creating challenges for people all over the place. Yeah, well, you know, with all the, the project leaders I'm talking to every day, we have morning worship um, online and, you know, we're just saying, Lord, please come back soon because, you know, how much can this, how much can this world take? Um, and, but, you know, there's been lots of opportunities and light through this whole thing and just thankful to be a seven day Adventist because 
we have this hope and, um, you know, we just want to share this through our, through our actions and through the work that we do at Azure that there is hope out there. That's fantastic. Yeah, praise God. That's great, great, um, great comment right there. Tell us about uh, the ADRA response to the COVID pandemic and, of course, you're talking specifically about uh, Victoria and Tasmania, uh, but what's ADRA been doing in those particular localities? Yeah, so a lot of things changed for us, um, as did everyone else. Uh, so we run community meal programs. Uh, so many of our centres did have to to close as far as our normal practices, but we decided, no, we need to stay open for definitely for people in need, especially with our food relief programs. So we converted all of our community meal programs to a takeaway service. We also um, uh, did a big uh, encouragement for people to become drivers. Uh, so a lot of the people that were socially isolated didn't want to come out. We support a lot of people who were disabled. Um, and I was so proud of our church membership. You know, we had about 100 new volunteers step up to become volunteers for our takeaway services or volunteers for our driving and what we did was every driver that came on, they were actually connected with one client. So for the past, you know, um, three months that COVID's been going on, these drivers have been going to the same clients every week to support them. And the feedback that we've had has just been, uh, has brought me to tears. Uh, you know, if you can just picture people that have lost their job and have been waiting for Centrelink. And then when they get Centrelink, it doesn't meet what they currently have. And they're just saying, we've never had to ask for help, you know. And um, and they've been crying with our, with our drivers and say, thank you, thank you so much. You know, without you, we wouldn't have survived this. So um, I just praise God because he, he was the one that opened the doors for us. Um, and we, he was the one that, you know, the police called me and said, Hey, um, all these address centers that are open, what's happening there? Um, and I said, well, you know, we've been approved by council and they said, okay. Um, and this was from one of the top sergeants. We're not going to have, if we get called, our police members know not to go visit that suburb. So, <laughs> or that center. So he had it in his hands from the beginning. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, I'm I'm joined this morning. My co-host this morning is uh, is Angela. And Angela, you've been working at an Adra um, food rescue program, volunteering there for the last few weeks through the height of the crisis. What has been the response? What is what have, what response have you noticed from the people coming through um, through food rescue at Maitland? Um, to be honest, actually, I never got a chance to get out of the house. Oh, I'm you so were okay. Sorry. You were the the rest of the team was over there. I thought you were part of that team. Okay, all right. No, that's great. I so, say, um, just cutting back to um, Rebecca again. You, there, there's a particular story here that um, I wanted to ask you about, um, and a, a lady by the name of Jody, who is one of the volunteers, just to highlight what uh, kind of work takes place with these, you know, food programs. Can you tell us a little bit about Jody? Yeah, uh, Jody, what a beautiful person. So she was really struggling about three years ago um, with uh, depression and she had a reduced disability pension. So I was struggling to put food on her table and, um, you know, it was life in general. And so one of her friends actually said, why don't you come down to the um, Adra Food Relief Program in Territory Valley? Um, and it was there that 
she met some really kind people. Um, Sue Beeman is actually the manager there. You guys might know Sue, and she's just a wonderful leader out there. And um, they encouraged her. They sat down with her. They gave her what she needed. Um, and funnily enough, a week later, she said, I want to help. I want to help, you know. And um, she's been there for the last three years, and she was um, so important during COVID. She was out there every week delivering Food parcels. If you can picture, I don't know if you've ever been to a Fernshaw Valley Church, but it's a um, there's a big, massive hall next to the main church, and if you go in there, there are boxes everywhere, and <laughs> it's been segmented into those who are homeless, those in families, those in couples, and um, all the people come in, obviously with social distancing. Um, all of our drivers come in, they pick up their parcel, and they go. So Jody's been doing this for the last um, three years, and every week for COVID, um, and it's actually helped helped her um, get over what she was going through. So, um, yeah, praise God for that as well. Angela, you got a question there? Oh, no, I just had a comment. Um, I never have maybe done the, the Maitland address thing, but I have done disaster response relief. And I have to say that often in these first world countries like America and Australia, you don't realize what your neighbors are going through. And I've responded to hurricanes, so you can really see the, the results. But with this, with COVID-19, you have no idea. It could be your neighbor. And so there's such an incredible openness to God and to help in a time of disaster. So I just want to say thank you for the work you're doing yeah praise god yeah definitely um rebecca i just wanted to uh, ask a question because you're talking about jody there for a moment and obviously adra relies heavily on volunteers um we've been discussing this in the context of the Adventist church and of course uh, faith fm is owned by the Adventist church but you've got a lot of volunteers from all different kind of sectors from society you don't have to be an Adventist to be a part of adra do you no, definitely not. We welcome everyone. Um, yeah, we we really need volunteers. And through this COVID crisis, it's been really great to see the youth step up because obviously it was the elderly that were most vulnerable. And most of our volunteers, um, I would have to say, are above the age of, uh, you know, between the age of 50 to 70. Uh, and during the crisis, um, because Adra and, you know, the department, um, the health department made a, a call out saying, please make sure that, you know, our elderly are kept safe. We said that 70 plus couldn't be involved, uh, what was recommended that couldn't be involved with volunteering for their safety. And we had quite a number of 70 plus year olds call in to me and say, hey, Beck, what's going on? We really want to volunteer. <laughs> God bless them. So, I know. So that's the dedication of our membership. Um, and yeah, it just made me smile. Yeah, we had a similar situation up here. I saw it take place where with one of our local programs, it was staffed by volunteers who were all retired and you know that makes sense people love to volunteer when they when they retire they kind of look forward to the opportunity of being able to do that because they've got time on their hands so that they can and of course there was a whole bunch of different um food programs you know in the lower hunter and all of them closed down except for ours and the reason they closed wow. down was because the volunteers were all, you know, isolated, locked up at home, that kind of stuff. They were all, you know, vulnerable. And with ours, what happened was we had basically just a team of young people put their hands up and said, yep, you all go home. 
um, you're vulnerable and we'll run it. And so they sort of ran it through the uh, right through the heat of the crisis, which was, uh, yeah, just a fantastic testimony and great to see happen. So it never closed down, it never stopped, and it just continued to function. And, of course, there was, you know, added burden on that particular program because there was um, so many others that weren't functioning. Yeah, that is just wonderful. And you know what? Through this COVID crisis, we've had three new centres open. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So Bendigo, Wachena, um, Daniel Polish last night, and everyone, I just see this new, I don't know, this, this, they're so inspired. So through this darkness, there's been this hope and they just want to reach out more. So it's been really, really inspiring to see. Times of crisis definitely reveal character and bring out the best in so many people, and that's so good to happen. Okay, so if somebody's listening today and they want to get involved with ADRA, with volunteering or with supporting financially, um, how does how does a person go about getting involved with ADRA? Yeah, so it's uh, pretty easy. You can go to the website and just type in adra.org.au forward slash volunteer um, and you can click on what you would like to do. You can also um, contact your state director um, or your conference and they'll put you in touch with um, a leader at your office. Uh, and yeah, you can, it's pretty easy set up. You go through a volunteer induction and um, obviously working with children checks and then, you know, you can, from the op shop to food relays to our housing to anything like that you would like to do, there's plenty of opportunities. Now, one last very quick question. There's a bunch of opportunities happening overseas. You can volunteer for overseas uh, projects. Um, obviously, once we can travel again, um, can you briefly tell us about um, what can happen if you want to volunteer overseas? Yeah, so I don't know if um, any of the listeners have been on the Adra Connections trip, but I totally recommend it. I personally have been um, on a number of trips to Nepal, Cambodia, Laos, uh, and so you go over and you fundraise and you uh, inject that money into a, a local community that's in need. Uh, you get to witness uh, what goes on with an Adra project. Um, so, for example, uh, in Nepal, after the earthquakes, uh, we supported a school rebuild uh, and you're just immersed into that community and you really understand uh, what community is all about. Uh, and how you know we are we are blessed to live in Australia, but there is so much um, need outside of ourselves. And to really, you know, I think you're a lot happier when you give, and I think that's what uh, Jesus wants us to do as well. So, really, really recommend that. Um, and yeah, there's um, many opportunities. An example for Cambodia, we went to Cambodia and. Got to see um, some of the history in Cambodia with the um, Khmer Rouge, which was really um, daunting for many of our youth uh, uh, going through the killing fields. But uh, it helps you understand a lot about history and and how when people um, don't have Christ in their lives, what they can do, um, and the atrocities of war, uh, and how poverty has actually come out of that and um, what we can do to step up and help. Really quickly, um, we've come to the end of the financial year, nearly the end of the financial year. 
Um, great time to be making tax-deductible donations. All donations to ADRA are tax-deductible. How do we do that? Oh, yes, definitely. So we definitely need every dollar. <laughs> um, this COVID response has really drained our resources. Uh, so, yeah, if you can give to adra.org.au forward slash donate, um, every, every amount that you give will be times by 10 by the government. So um, thank the Lord for the government on this one. And, yeah, it would be really beneficial at this time. So please go to adra.org.au forward slash donate. Okay, so if I donate $1,000, that'll be $10,000 that will actually go to uh, the work. That's pretty exciting. We're going to have to leave it right there because we are out of time. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Question of the day. We've got a controversial one here today. And question of the day. Here it comes. All right. So do I get to ask? You do. All right. Please tell us why David had a girl, a virgin, brought to him when he was dying. Why is that okay? Okay. So you'll find this story in 1 Kings chapter 2. And uh, or First Kings chapter one, you find it in First Kings chapter one, and the Bible describes David as of in, in his old age, he is on his deathbed, he's receiving palliative care, and as a part of that, there was a young lady that was brought to him to sleep in his bed to keep him warm, because he could not uh, produce any body heat himself. Okay, so the question is, was this an immoral thing to do and was it sinful, a sinful practice for him to be sleeping with a woman who was not his wife? Is that yes, the implication there? Definitely. Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and you can feel free to object with me oh dear. and say that this was not an immoral act. Please explain. <laughs> okay, you've been to hospital. Uh, yes. Okay, so in hospital, uh, I spent a week in hospital one time, and one of the things I learned very, very early on is that there is zero modesty in hospital. The nurses come and go and do as they please, regardless of your state of uh, dress or comfort or whatever else it might be as far as you know where you're at. And in a n- normal situation, we would see that as being... Yeah, immoral. We don't we don't uh, we don't think that it's morally right to, you know, just be getting around with random strangers in various states of undress. We would say that for instance, if you took a shower with a random stranger, we would say that is not a moral thing, but in a hospital situation where a person is receiving care, when a nurse takes somebody and gives them a shower, we don't have an objection to that because it is a medical situation. Okay, I see where you're going. All right, so here's what I'm going to argue in this case. I'm going to argue that Abishag was a, uh, the young lady that was brought to David was a acting in the position of a nurse and as a nurse she needed to provide medical care and the medical care that he needed was warmth and that warmth could not be provided through blankets because he was not producing his own body heat and she used her own body heat to do so. Okay. So here's a scenario that I would ask. Let's say that um, two people are hiking in the mountains Mm. And one of them gets lost and is found suffering from hypothermia. The standard 
practice for that is that you share a sleeping bag naked. Yep, definitely. To bring them back to, to, to deal with their... And is that morally wrong? No, you're saving a life and you have the freedom of choice to help him. So my question is, did she have freedom of choice? Do you know for sure that she has the choice to come in or not? Because your point is very valid. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so was she forced to provide medical care? Yes. Is what you're saying? That is definitely what I'm saying. And this is a really good question. I was looking at this more of the more from the perspective of was it morally wrong for her to provide this kind of medical care? And I would say that it is not more. Now, you know, we don't know all the circumstances. There may have been aspects to this that were morally wrong. We, we weren't. We weren't there. But from the biblical account, there is nothing to indicate that the kind of care that Abishag was providing was morally wrong. Now, if she was forced to do so, then uh, the lack of morality would not would would rest with those who forced her to do so. That may be with David, or it may be with those who were providing his medical care, because David, being a very elderly person in the last days of his life, may not have been aware enough of whether this person was forced to do so or not. Um, this is somebody that has uh, has been provided for him. Um, and is providing medical care. The Bible gives no indication whatsoever at all that there was anything other involved, anything else other than medical care that was involved in this particular situation. So, from that perspective, I would say that there was nothing morally wrong that took place. Others might disagree. <laughs> 